Fan Junkies Radio is brought to you by FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking. Welcome to another episode of Fan Junkies Radio. I'm your host, Jonathan Raggis. Alongside me, as always, Mike McShane. Mike, what's up, man? Hey, it's a Friday night. Time to party. Do you feel a little bit better on a Friday night than you do on a Friday afternoon? Uh, most of the time, yeah. You sure? Yeah. Energy pills? No, 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 good. No, I'm, no, I'm good. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of like, uh, well, it's like everybody else. I mean, you know. It's a funny thing. You get to Friday, you're kind of tired because it's the end of the week, but, hey, it's Friday night. So, you know, you got the energy going. We got the energy going here tonight. We, we, we love the energy going. You know what? It's Friday night, and it's going to be a good show because joining us tonight is former NHL defenseman Jason Strudwick. He's going to be calling in at around the 815 mark tonight. And uh, we're, we're going to talk about his career. We're going to talk a little bit about the NHL draft and what he's doing now uh, after the NHL, Mike. Yep, absolutely. Looking forward to time. Let me tell you, I was very, very happy when the Rangers brought Jason Strudwick to the team, and it it showed in his play, man. And I got an interesting thing about that, too, because he doesn't get credit for something that happened, Mike. What was that? Do you remember the whole penalty, uh, you know, shot thing with Marek Malik, where he scored that in-between the legs goal? Correct. In like round whatever 14 it was. I can't remember exactly what it was. Okay. Jason Shortwick scored before that to keep it going. But nobody gives him credit for that. Oh, interesting. Because if Shorty didn't score, there would have been no Marek Maliko. Well, that that's, uh, uh, you know, you got a little bit of trivia there that you got to throw his way. Oh, no, but trust me, he knows about it. He knows about it. You can't score a goal like that, especially on a night like that, and not remember it. So, um... Mike, let's start it off good with tonight in sports. Tonight in sports, I'm not going to go back too too far. How about to 1997? Uh, and on this day, uh, actually that evening, many of us actually saw this occur. Mm-hmm. Mike Tyson was disqualified for biting Evander Holyfield's ear after three rounds yeah. of their heavyweight fight title fight in Las Vegas, Nevada. I, I just cannot believe... That that was 16 years ago. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I honestly felt like it was just a few years ago when I was watching it live on television when it happened. 16, you know, you're absolutely right. I, it really does feel like it was, uh, and you know, you say 1997. It's a funny thing. You know, you say 1987 and suddenly I'm sitting there going, oh, okay, let's see, 1987. Well, I was only married for a couple of years and all right. You know, you can remember back, 1997 feels like it was just yesterday. Yeah. And so you sit there, you go, whoa, 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 you know. Um, but, uh, you know, I made the comment because I posted this up on, uh, uh, of course, as I always do, Pride House Sports uh, Facebook page. I made the comment, and I don't normally make an editorial comment with the Today in Sports facts because, look, they're facts. Yeah. So I don't make comments. But on this one, I did. And uh, the comment that I made was something to the effect of, uh, it was without a doubt probably one of the most disturbing sporting 
uh, I don't want to say events, but sporting happenings that I ever that I ever actually witnessed. It yeah. really was very very uh, it was disturbing. Yeah. To to imagine that any one boxer could possibly lean in and do that, not once, mind you, if you recall, twice. Yeah. You know, when when it happened and they were replaying it, I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. I cannot believe that Mike Tyson, who was trying at that time to come back and show what an amazing boxer he was years before that. Correct. Against a great opponent in Evander Holyfield, would stoop to that. Correct. Couldn't believe it. Well, it was interesting because my my um, my Today in Sports fact from yesterday, Jonathan, went back to 1988, and it was, again, a, a Mike Tyson uh, uh, event, and that was the fight that he had with uh, Michael Spinks, where he decked him in, 60, in 91 seconds. Man, you know... So it was really interesting because we had a Mike Tyson fact from 1988 yesterday, and then we had a Mike Tyson fact today, which was 1997, and how the two were completely the opposite polar opposites of each other. It, it's just insane, man. When Mike Tyson came out, the whole Iron Mike moniker, it, it was just... I, I, I honestly thought that here was a guy that was going to not erase people's minds about Muhammad Ali, but oh. kind of push him a little bit to the back. Great point, my friend. And he was well on his way. And he, he, you know what? He ruined his life, Mike Tyson. He ruined his life. He ruined his life and he ruined his boxing career. Now... Let's go to another person who ruined their lives and their professional career, Mike, and that's Aaron Hernandez. Oh, boy. Okay. And we were on the radio on Wednesday, so we didn't get a chance to hear it, but the arraignment came down on Wednesday. Aaron Hernandez, of the, formerly of the New England Pages, because he was released that morning, as we re reported here on Fan Junkies Radio, he was brought up on six charges, Mike, including murder. Yes. Two other suspects were arrested. Yes, since. No right. bail, which I don't know why people were shocked. It was a first-degree murder. You're not getting bail on that. Rarely ever happens. And now we sit here today, Mike, and you know what? I mean, I'm sure you're going to still reserve a little judgment, but when you read the timelines and you heard what the uh, prosecution had and what kind of surveillance stuff they have, you got you know what? The pitch is a little clearer than it was on Wednesday. Well, no, I agree with you. Um, you know, look, I, I'm a firm believer in the Constitution, and I say everyone is innocent until they are proven guilty in a court of law. Um you know, I, I think that far too often, unfortunately, and, uh, you know, I talked a little bit about it on last week's uh, Frat House Saturday program. I really believe that there were two major events in media that changed everything. And in the sports era, I think one of the things that changed things was the O.J. Simpson case, where suddenly we became very, very uh, rapid with our with our presentation of what was happening. The immediacy of the coverage of that, the length of the coverage of that particular event. Uh, not necessarily a good thing. No. But, you know, it happened and it is what it is, but I think it has stood up to what we are today with regard to the media and sports. Yes, I will reserve judgment, but I would agree with you, Jonathan. When you listen to the prosecutor on Wednesday, <clears throat> the timeline was positively intricate and absolutely amazing it, it, that they were able to put together. You know, and now that they so, you know, have a piece of his chewed bubble gum next to a shell oh casing yeah. in the car, and at, or, or, or at the scene, I can't remember. But I mean, it's got his DNA all over it. He's done. Now we're finding out that, uh, of course, he's being investigated for a double murder that potentially uh, occurred, or not potentially, but did occur last uh, July. 
Yes. Uh, they've got uh, yeah, uh, a double murder. Correct. They apparently have been able to trace that vehicle back to him as a rented vehicle. And, of course, also that that civil case uh, from February where allegedly he shot a friend of his in the face in a car in Florida is now also being investigated for potential criminality as well. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, Mike, it's uh, it's a little insane, and I know you were, uh, you know, a lot of people were a little peeved that the Patriots would release I him. I wasn't peeved. No, no, well, not you. I'm saying a lot of people were, and we mentioned that on Wednesday, and we spoke about that for a little bit, about how people were peeved that, oh, well, you know what, the Patriots need to, you know, really, you know, see what happens first. And I came and I said, listen, the Patriots know a lot more than what we know and what we're being told. Well, then that was our conversation on Wednesday yes. afternoon was yes. – it had to be that they knew something otherwise. I don't think that that would have been the action. They and that's why I said, when, you know, when it came down to Ray Lewis and the Baltimore Ravens, I guarantee you Ray Lewis's attorney came to the Baltimore Ravens and said, listen, they don't have anything on him. Don't get rid of him because he ain't going away. Right. Aaron Hernandez's lawyer, he looked lost, which is Ray Lewis's lawyer from the case down in Atlanta. Uh, also, Mike, we mentioned on Wednesday about uh, Brown's rookie uh, linebacker, Orson Walcott. Yes. And you was like, you know, and you said the same thing. Oh, they probably won't release him as soon as we got off the air. I know, I know, I know. So much for my comments. No, I mean, up at that point, they had not released him. And, and it was, yes, it was very funny because it was, well, not that it's funny. It's not, there's nothing funny no, about no, it. No, there's nothing uh, about it. We may be saying stuff, and it has nothing to do, uh, you know, with the families, you know, uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers with the family of the victims and uh, – you know, but uh, no, no, no sooner had I made the statement yeah. that, uh, it, you know, listen, the Browns haven't dropped this guy. Well, no sooner do we get off the air, and of course they drop him. You know, uh, you know that's not to say that they didn't take a little cue, perhaps maybe from the New England Patriots. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, you know, you got two cases like that going on in the media at the exact same time. Yeah. You know, so and I think that you know that goes back to what I talked about before. So much of our society now is driven by the media, including what police authorities do. They are frequently uh, being, I think, feeling the pressure of having to do something because the media is putting it out there. So, Yeah, it's a shame. You know, but, you know, if you look at it, that's kind of like the Paula Dean thing, Mike. You know what? One person dropped her as a spokesperson, and then it just followed down like, oh, well, if Sears did it, us as Target have to do it. Well, if Target did it, us as Kmart have to do it. Well, Almost the same thing. Yeah, it's the PC nature of the society that we live in today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and that's not to say that that you know that that I or you condone perhaps maybe that you know Paula Dean might have used comments in the past. Yeah. Uh, that she did, but if you again, if we look at a timeline, one has to wonder. You know, it always goes back to the old line: does the does the punishment fit the crime? Yeah. You know, and in a case like that one, you know, you just sit back and kind of scratch your head and go, oh. Yeah, you have to. So, it is what it is. All right, mate. But, you know, let's mention something that is cool. The New England Patriots Pro Shop will be offering a free jersey exchange for anyone with a number one, uh, excuse me, number 81 Aaron Hernandez yeah. jersey yeah. was purchased at their Pro Shop or at their uh, PatriotsProShop.com on Saturday, July 6th and right. Sunday, July 7th. So, show up at the Pro Shop and you can get a jersey of your choosing. It has to be of the same value. But you can get rid of your Aaron Hernandez jersey, so don't burn it because they'll burn it for you. You, you know, there is something kind of cool about that. Uh, no jersey for free? Come on. Well, there's something kind of cool about it from this perspective, uh, Jonathan, and that is that 
obviously the New England Patriots have no obligation to do anything about this whatsoever. They were not in control of Aaron Hernandez's actions. No. Um, but in some respects, by doing this, it almost it's almost as if they're sending out a message that, hey, we as a team feel bad about what occurred, and so therefore we're going to try to make amends to you for the fact that we had this guy on the team. You know, I think I think in some respects it's a really unique gesture. No, it, listen, it is. I'm sorry, but if I was a team owner, Mike, and I had a player on my team that, you know, hate to say scumbag murderer, um, and I know kids bought his jersey, adults bought his jersey, really looked up to the guy, I'd be okay with that too. I, I would do the same thing. You know, why not? I mean, seriously, I, I, I you know, I, I wouldn't want anybody coming to my stadium with his jersey on. I'm sorry. You know, you know, and and I, I would feel bad that I made money off of people for selling his jersey, knowing you know, knowing now what he was. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about Bill Simmons, real quick, Mike. Yeah, well, I guess uh, we can. I'm, I'm, you know, I, the uh, next question would be, do we have to? I really, you know, go ahead. <laughs> it's I it actually was last night. Yeah, I, it was very funny. Go ahead. It's listen. I know Bill Simmons is a Boston Celtics fan. Uh, you know, I know the story of Doc Rivers. You know, nobody really knows what happened there because we did hear a lot of information. Same thing in every other story we heard. There's a lot of information. He wanted to leave. He wanted to go back to broadcasting. No, he wanted to take a year off. No, he may stay. No, he wants to go to the Clippers. No, he doesn't want to go to the Clippers. In the end, he's at the Clippers. Um, so, of course, Bill Simmons you know, made a statement saying that Doc Rivers quit on the Celtics. Doc Rivers responded by saying, and I quote, I would like to call him an idiot, but I'm too classy for that. That's just his opinion. That didn't happen. He really needs to know the whole truth, which he doesn't, end quote. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Bill Simmons comes back on the uh, air and says, you know, things keep changing, and he really needs to own up to what he did. What did he do, Bill? What did he do besides bring a championship to Boston, be a hell of a coach, and you know what? Celtics are in a rebuilding mode anyway. A lot of coaches don't stay around for rebuilding modes. Obviously, though, you know what the reference was that Bill Simmons was referring to. What he's saying when he's saying, you know, just own up to what you did, what he's saying is just own up to the fact that you want it out. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Okay? Um, I understood what Bill Simmons was saying. No. Um, No, I know. I understood it as well. the The thing that I found very, very amusing about it all was that it was live. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everybody's face went blank. Exactly. Taylor Rose looked at the uh, main announcer. And he was like, uh, "Dude, take it," because I don't know what to say. There was momentary awkward silence as mm. they went from the floor. Okay, I forget who was interviewing Doc uh, Rivers. Yeah. What's her name down there on the floor was interviewing him, and bam, they go back to the to the main table to the main set, and you've got them all sitting there, and all of a sudden, Simmons is being hit with it. Well, how do you want to respond? And all of a sudden, you could just see, you could see Simmons was, I mean, pissed off. Yeah. He's looking at, you know, uh, it was very, very amusing, really. And he should have been pissed off. Not Bill Simmons. Jalen Rose. And the other guys on that point, because, I'm sorry, when you know what, when you make comments like that, you just, you're supposed to be a team player on that podium right there. Well, I'm going to tell you, though, yeah. it, it really did kind of appear to me that maybe some folks from ESPN over there kind of threw Bill Simmons under the bus. Uh, listen, Bill Simmons and ESPN have been throwing each other under the bus for a while now. <laughs> and here's my statement I want to make, Mike. Bill Simmons used to be great. 
I enjoyed Bill Simmons. I loved reading his stuff. I thought, you know, even now he's still a phenomenal writer. I'm not going to take that talent away from him. He's a phenomenal writer. He used to be a phenomenal personality. He's back on the wagon of, guess what, those ESPN talents who get too high that they end up breaking their own wheels. He might have been a phenomenal writer. I think it's time now that Bill Simmons possibly leaves ESPN and goes a different route. Jonathan, he is absolutely a terrible analyst. Yeah. Oh, no, he is. No. He's a terrible analyst. All right? I'm going to be perfectly I can't even figure out why they have him on, e- on the NBA drafts anyway. I have I have listened to the guy be wrong more often than right. Well, I mean, that's uh, Chris Broussard. That's almost everybody at ESPN. I hate to say it, but it's the truth. And I hate to say it, but the guys who are really good at ESPN, they get rid of for stupid crap, i.e. Harold Reynolds. So, yeah, true enough. I like Harold Reynolds. Yeah, you know they they get rid of the good ones, and this is the kind of stuff that they keep around. So it's uh, you know it's 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 a damn shame. Like I said, I I, I used to really enjoy Bill Simmons stuff. Um, now it's at the point where you know I, I just I, I just don't I, I don't Simmons, like him anymore. Bill know? Simmons brought absolutely, with all due respect, Bill Simmons brought absolutely zero. To the finals coverage. Zero. He brought nothing. He brought zero to the NBA draft last night. Okay. Well, I, and I didn't hear the whole thing. I mean, I only heard clips and pieces of it. Again, as you well know, like I said, it's Thursday night and I've got things on. And I'm, I'm watching them, but I'm not necessarily listening with a full, with a full uh, ear. But he brought nothing. Yeah. There wasn't one. I, I, I wish I could actually point to one single thing that Bill Simmons actually brought to the finals. And I could say, hey, you know something? He was dead on right there. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. I guess that's why Doc Rivers wanted to uh, leave the Celtics go back in the broadcasting, huh? Take Bill Simmons' spot because ain't nobody else taking it. I, I, I honestly don't know why they had Bill Simmons on there. You know? Would it be that they're at a loss for anybody else? I don't know. Come on, man. You know what? Jalen Rose, he ain't so bad. No, no. I actually you like him. Got, you know what? You could have went out and got another former player that would have came in and gave better analysts because you know what? He knows how to play the game. He knows what he's talking about. And that's the truth. So... Is what it is. You know, listen, we're, you know, we're waiting for uh, our guest, Jason Strawick, to call in. So, you know what? We might as well talk about the Celtics and Clippers trade, Mike. Uh, excuse me, uh, excuse me, Celtics and Brooklyn Nets. Um, here's how it goes. Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Jason Derry, package deal. Go to the Brooklyn Nets for Keith Bogans, Chris Joseph, Chris Humphreys, Marshawn Brooks, Gerald Wallace, and three first-round draft picks. I don't get it. I really do not get it, Mike. The Brooklyn Nets don't have a first-round draft pick now until, I think, 2019. 2019, yeah. Until 2019. Garnett, under contract for two more years. Pierce, under contract for one more year. One's 35, one's 37. Mm-hmm. I love this deal for Boston. Oh, I, I I would agree. I think it, it well, you know, it's tough. Hmm. Okay. We we talked a little bit about it uh, uh, pre-show, yeah. uh, Jonathan, uh, and you're saying you don't get what the deal is. Look, it's obvious what the deal is, and I said it before. The Brooklyn Nets are all about marketing. Let's fill that stadium and let's fill it tomorrow. All about those headlines, man. It, that's all this is about. All right? I don't even think they give a damn whether they win a championship. They don't yeah. care. They're just trying to get as many marquee names as they possibly can 
to plaster up out there on the outside of their stadium to say, see, this guy's here. All right? And that's all they're trying to do. And I guess in some respects, I kind of understand it. Yeah. They're the new kids in the in town. All right? Uh, you know, they're in the new venue. I mean, all right, I get some of it. But make no mistake, they have mortgaged their future. Dude, you know, two 35-year-olds and a 37-year-old. Agreed. I Agreed. Baffled. You know, and, and it would be Baffled. curious to hear from some of the fan base of the Brooklyn Nets. What do they think about this right now? Yeah, might as well. Give us a call, 347-237-5373. Even if you're a Boston Celtics fan, call and let me know what you think of the deal. Yeah, I'd love to hear from yeah. somebody. No, I'd like to actually hear from a Nets fan. I want to hear from a Nets fan, and I want to hear from them. You know, and if they think that this is a good move, well, then tell us we're wrong. Let us know that you think this is a good move and that, you know, we're 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 just a couple of guys down here in the Philadelphia region who don't have a clue what the hell we're talking about. Because I frankly think that this is all about marketing. That's yeah. all this is about. Yeah. And, and they have absolutely screwed their future. Well, listen, you look at the starting lineup now. Brooks Lopez, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Joe Johnson, Deron Williams, five players that need the ball to be effective. Right. We have three in New York, and we see how that works. Well, and here's the other thing, too. Please mention to the audience here, I think you had brought the number up pre-show. Please mention right now, I think you had the number there, Jonathan. What's their payroll right now? Who, the Brooklyn Nets? Yeah. Oh, jeez. I, I, I don't even know. I it, thought you threw, it, the number, you threw a number at me pre-show. Uh, I don't even know where it is right now, but it's 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 just it's out there. Yeah, it's out there. I, I mean, so what kind of players are these guys going to be in free agent market, which hasn't even started yet? Yeah. they're not going to be in the free agent market. So well, eliminate them. That that's you don't have to worry about the Nets being involved. It's yeah. not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I I'm telling you, Brooklyn Nets fans, jump in. I I want to know what's going on. Yeah. Well, let's get somebody in here from uh, Massachusetts, a Boston Celtics fan, most likely. Nine seven eight, you're on here. Uh, yeah, I'm a Celtics fan. Um, what's going on, guys? Scott. Hey, Scott. Hey, Blue, what's up, man? Not much. Um, I, I mean, I am. I know that you know it's it's it sucks from a like I've grown up with these guys kind of standpoint to see Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett move on. Um, but at the same time, if you're looking at the prospect of you know between seven and ten first round draft picks over like the next five years for the Boston Celtics, like, if you're trying to reconstruct, which is exactly what they're trying to do around yeah. Jared Sollinger and Rajon Rondo and right. Jeff Green, like, this is this is perfect for them. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it's perfect. And well, Danny Ainge is not a terrible drafter either. There's, there, there's worse in the league. Well, Jonathan and I oh. are both in agreement. This is, this is it, uh, trust me, it, it, you know, who made out in this deal? You guys did. Boston did very well. You know, but, like, the thing is, the, the sentiment that I see on Twitter and Facebook and from all my friends is that, oh, my God, our team is, we've been gutted. This is the end of the Celtics. Well, it's an end of an era, but at the same time, you have to realize that these guys are, <laughs> what, 35, 37 years old? Like, right. you, you got to be realistic. So, I don't know. I just, I'm pretty pumped about this because I think this is going to give, you know, the Celtics an opportunity to compete in the future because I think right now they're on the downturn and they need to uh, really – you know, it depends on who gets the coaching job, I think, but right, this right. could be very, very good for them in the next couple of years, I think. Well, oh, it's absolutely. a very interesting situation because, and, and Jonathan, I I think you and I are going to get into the Philadelphia situation. 
But, uh, Scott, what you're bringing up right now with regard to Boston, very, very similar kind of sentiment uh, down here in the Philadelphia region with regard to what the Philadelphia 76ers did last night. Uh, there are many that feel like you do uh, that the Philadelphia 76ers did exactly the right thing, and there's a lot of others who say, how do you go and get rid of a, a 23-year-old point guard? So um, I understand exactly what you're saying uh, with regard to that. Um, I had a question. Go ahead, Jonathan. You can jump in. I, I, I'll read well, my question in a moment. Listen, you know what? When you have a good team that wins a championship, that continuously goes to the playoffs and competes, of course, it, it's, it's sad when it breaks up. I've been through it multiple times with all of my teams. When you look at the fact that just 13 years ago, even 12, you guys were running out lineups with Kenny Anderson, right. Rick Brunson, Mil Palacio, Vitaly Potapenko, Eric Williams, and Antoine Walker. Things change in the NBA, and things can change very quickly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. right now, Danny Ainge has the building blocks to once again build another championship-caliber team. Mm-hmm. You don't need a Doc Rivers around for that. I just, I just, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think that we're saying similar things. I just, I, I can't stand that people are are not looking at this realistically and just mm-hmm. from from like you said, the league is constantly changing. Teams right. are constantly changing, and you need to keep young personnel who, you know, you you gotta be, you have to have the personnel to win. And at this point, if you just hold on to Paul Pierce, I mean, it would have been great to see him retire and Green coming off the bench. But at the same time, if you can bait three draft picks out of that, like, so worth it, I think, in my opinion. For three first-rounders, at least. Scott, let me ask you, Scott, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Now, you're, you're saying that you've heard, you're hearing from sentiment of Celtics fans up there, uh, and many of them are, are, are saying, you know, are, are, I guess doom and gloom is basically what it is. Uh, a lot of them feel betrayed. Would you, say, like, would you say that that is because of the loss of Pierce in particular? Yes. I right, that, and that's where I know, thought it was going. First, in 2011, I think it was, Doc Rivers signed a five-year contract extension, which a lot of people thought that, oh, he's going to be in it for reconstruction, and then that didn't have to vacate. the best Doc Rivers. I, he was a great coach. I loved his philosophy. I hope that he was one of the few coaches in the NBA. I mean, I have this thing with NBA coaches. I feel like a lot of uh, coaches nowadays have to earn respect to their players, which is, I think, wrong, the wrong philosophy. And he was one of the coaches that, like... The NBA. Or, what's that? I said it's the NBA. Yeah, I just, like, with the whole, you know, Dwight Howard, and I, I don't want to get you guys too off track, but, like, you know, it should be a league where, you know, players have to earn respect to the coach, first and foremost. And Doc Rivers and Greg Popovich and, you know, are guys who command that kind of respect. And he was one of the great coaches, I think, that, that graced this organization. And it's sad to see him go. Paul Pierce, I remember season tickets, watching the Celtics bomb games, absolutely lose, but watching him go out there every night and, and do his best and try to carry us to wins. And it's emotion, it, it sucks on that aspect because, you know, you want to see this guy retire Celtic, but at the same time, from a business, if you want to see the Celtics succeed, succeed, this is the best thing for them. And I think that people are mm-hmm. underestimating or not overlooking that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And trust me, Mark, yeah. you know what? Paul Pierce, he's going to retire a Celtic. He, he'll he'll be back. He, you know what? Even if it's on a 10-day deal, he's coming back. Yeah, I mean, he can't. I mean, listen, he's a free agent after this year. I mean, listen, if he loves Boston that much, I can see him signing another one-year deal with Boston and just retiring after the season. Why not? Let him play one more year. You know, it's, it's you know what? I, I, I love when a player can play his entire career with a team and retire, especially after they win a championship and be able to retire with that team. I hate those one-year stopgaps, Mike. We don't yeah. see it too often, though, Jonathan, in any sport. No, 
No, it's it's very very rare now. You know more now than it has been. Right. But you know now all of a sudden you know like you know what we see it up here in Philadelphia with your Eagles, Mike. Mm-hmm. How many Eagles have left? Went on and played for probably two, three, four other teams, and then they come back on a ten day contract. Right. You know. Come on, man. You know I mean listen, it's it's cool that they could sign and retire an Eagle, but. You know what? Just don't. You know what? Don't get rid of these guys. But look, Brian Dawkins, one guy, man. That guy should have never went anywhere. Mike mm-hmm. should have been an eagle till the day he couldn't walk no more. But, right, right. It, it but just and that's Paul Pierce, man. That that guy needed to stay a Boston Celtic. Yeah, I Agreed. think just if, for nothing else, just for the fans and and stuff. But I mean, that's just that's my. Pers- I want to keep you guys. But that's just my Boston fan perspective. I think the Nets, like. They can pull as many 35-plus-year-old All-Stars as they want, but I still don't think that's going to help them at all. Um, I mean, do you see them making it far in the playoffs this year with the personnel they currently have? Who, the Brooklyn Nets or the Celtics? The Nets. The Nets? No. Yeah, I think they're going to be – I think they'll be modestly better than they were last year. Also, I think it's kind of awkward that Kevin Garnett is being coached by someone younger than him now. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that kind of weird? Like Jason Kidd is younger than yeah. You know what? I it's 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 not actually no. Jason Kidd's forty. I was gonna oh, say. Wait, oh, okay. Barely older than him. I was thinking for a second. I'm like, wait a minute. Who's the coach there? No, it's it's Jason Kidd. Yeah, Jason Kidd. Yeah, yeah. I thought that. Yeah, I'm barely barely older. I just think that's like that's gonna be. Uh, well, that's what like is that? Five years. That's kind of awkward, huh? Five, are we talking five years, Five years, right? No, he's uh, 37, Kevin Garnett. Oh, so it's only three years. Yeah, three years, man. Dude, dude, these guys play together, man. Come on. Exactly. They play in the league at the same time. Exactly. That's Crazy. kind of awkward, isn't it? Like, how are you going to coach a guy who's three years younger than you who's just as much of an all-star as you? Listen, man, you know what? We saw that before when Lawrence Frank took over the Nets. Talk he was about, coaching guys older than him. Jonathan and I have already discussed that issue where, in fact, we're curious as to why – or how kid is going to be able to pull this one off? Yeah. It's no, no, he's just he's got good vision. We'll see. Yep. All right, Sky man, thanks for calling in, man. We appreciate it, bro. Yeah. All right, see you guys. Take yeah. care. We got some more calls on the line. Let's get to another one. Eight one eight area code. You're on the line. Hello, sir. Uh, my name's Richard, and I'm from Los Angeles. Uh, I'm looking at the the Celtic trade from the fact that I believe that uh, for the next couple of years that the Celtics have waved a white flag and uh, they've given up on the 2013 and 14 season. The thing that needs to be uh, sold to the team, especially to people like Rajon Rondo, who is coming back from uh, serious knee surgery, and uh, Jeff Green, who barely proved himself this year, is mm-hmm. that uh, things are going to get better there. And if they're not, these people are going to resign with the team, and they're going to want they're they're going to want to get max money with another team, and yeah. with the fan base that you have there, and it's a loyal fan base, you can't sell uh, anything to, about the team if they believe that they're going to be rebuilding and not reloading. See, uh, you use another Austin team, the Red Sox. At least when they got rid of their high priced talent. Uh, they got they got something back in return in the fact that they got money that they could uh, try and spend on other players. I'm not saying mm-hmm. all the Red Sox players were uh, direct hits, but at least some of them were, and uh, at least 
it gave them the opportunity to do that. It just yeah. seems like uh, the Celtics had just uh, raised their hands up and said, "We give up. We're not gonna, we're not going to be in the playoffs next year." And yeah. you can't sell that fact to the fan base, right? Yeah. Even to me, who lives in California and is a uh, you know a Celtic fan. I mean, a Boston fan, no matter what team comes from Boston. Yeah. You All don't I can think say that... Is that this week has been a real rough week for being a Boston fan. Okay, you don't think that the Boston fans are going to be are 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 going to sit pat, sit tight, and say, "Okay, look, this team's in a rebuilding mode, and we'll just be patient." Well, you got to look at what the results were from draft day, and that what you have left on the team now is a hopefully rehabbed uh, Rajon Rondo, and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully an approved Jeff Green, and you hopefully uh, Salinger is a. Uh, uh, gotten over what ailed him uh, the last part of the year, and mm-hmm. that the rest of the team, uh, if you're going to keep up, uh, that's the kind of team that you're going to get. you got to throw them on the fact that what are we going to get in here to replace KG and, uh, right. um, um, you know, uh, the players that we just traded away? Yeah. And uh, yeah. if we can't get uh, appropriate value or, or, think, or things are going to be uh, – they're not going to be here when all the first-round draft picks come in. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, uh, the 18 pick that uh, the 2018 pick that got from New Jersey, it might be a good pick, but uh, people are going to wait around five years to see if that's going to be the next uh, LeBron James or whatever you, uh, whatever superstar you want to uh, have. Obviously, though, the Boston Celtics do not think this is going to take five years. Look at what they were able to get from uh, from uh, Brooklyn yesterday in that. Well, you know what they yeah, got they some got effective four, players. Four. Which, you know, which is good because you know what, Richard, with with your Boston team, you do have some good bench players still. You know, you got guys like Avery Bradley, Jared Soldier, Courtney Lee. You still have Brandon Bass. Now, I'm not saying that the Boston Celtics are going to march into the playoffs next year, but for the next couple of years, they're still going to pro- you know most likely have a better team than. Probably about another six, seven, or eight teams that are in the NBA right now, Mike, including your Philadelphia 76ers. I agree. That's why I'm saying yeah, uh, and, exactly and why plus, I'm making. Exactly. Plus, your draft pick from last night. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to be a highly competitive team because, you know what, no. the players you got, they're not going to replicate what a Paul Pierce, a Kevin Garnett, or a John Rondo, and even last year and the year before what a Ray Allen could do. Correct. But I think these guys could play some pretty decent basketball next year. Mm-hmm. You know, depending on who the coach is, too. You know. Yeah, I'm hoping we get somebody like Brian Hollis because I'm I'm shocked that with the amount of coaching uh, hires that they've had, I'm surprised that uh, he hasn't gotten the job yet. And uh, he was a miracle worker with that uh, Memphis Grizzly team. He took a team that that was basically gutted at midseason. They just said, you know, Rudy Gay, we don't want you. Get out of here. And they made other trades that – or the, the, you know, lower, lower the, the, you know, lower financial commitment to the team, and he yep. had them to the uh, Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I'm listen, surprised he doesn't have an uh, gotten an he, offer yet. Yeah, we are huge fans of Lionel Hollins over here. I tell uh, Mike all the time. Listen, I, I wish the Sixers would hire Lionel Hollins. They, there, there hasn't been a coach in this league that has done more with less than any other team has than Lionel Hollins. That guy would be perfect for the Boston Celtics right now. And you know what? Another guy, too, as you're rebuilding, and I hate to say this, man, but you know what? One of your uh, arch rivals with the Lakers over there, Byron Scott, 
Another guy that could be a good coaching candidate for Boston. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to get a guy in there that's going to be able to work with guys like Marshawn Brooks, that's going to work with a guy like Chris Joseph, the rookies coming in, and some of your solid bench players. You got to have a you know a coach with a good uh, you know knowledge of the game, Mike. And you know what? That's why I say I love Aaron McKee, but I think. He's going to be a scapegoat for your Philadelphia 76ers. Well, and, then, and with all due respect, the name that I have not – I mean, I've thrown out Aaron McKee, but I have not necessarily heard that name thrown around from others. Yeah. Uh, I think Boston's got a much better shot at getting a, 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 a much better coach than the candidates that I'm hearing we're going to be drawing from the well from. No. That's, that's my sense. And why is that? And that's because Boston's got a lot more attractive situation going on right now than Philadelphia does even after last night's results. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Well, I, I just think that last year, you know, the best the Celtics could hold for is a duplication of the, this year in the fact that the rest of the teams, uh, uh, like uh, more than half the teams in the Eastern Conference, are just simply terrible. And yes. uh, the, the, the Celtics could have slept off after they won 9 out of 10 uh, going into the All-Star break and uh, make the playoffs and uh, – you know, uh, uh, the best they can hope for is they do the same thing again this year, yeah. and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, listen, you know what? You throw these guys in the Western game. Conference. You throw them in the Western Conference: Chicago, Atlanta, Boston, Milwaukee. They're they're nowhere near the playoffs. So I mh-hh. I I agree with you 100%, Richard. Thanks for calling. In. I wish your Boston Celtics well, luck next season. Thank you for my call. Absolutely, call anytime, Rich. Thank you. Absolutely. You know, listen. He he hit the nail on the head, man. You know what? Some you know some people aren't going to sit or you know be there. Some role players aren't going to be there, but it's going to get better in Boston, Mike. Oh no, I agree. I agree, and that's that's why I'm pointing out. I I think Boston actually, you know, we made a lot of moves last night. Yeah. Uh, the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers did. Yeah. Uh, there's talk that we're going to be active in the free agent market. Yeah. Uh, we apparently have a lot of money left still in the cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the bottom line is, you know, we've got a Sixers team that. We're looking forward to the future, but I think that Boston team potentially, it might not be next year, but I, I think that they've got a much better situation for a prospective coach than, than, than the Philadelphia 76ers do. I would think and so. And that's why I think that we're looking at, when I bring up, I bring up, Jonathan, the name Aaron McKee, that's the type of caliber type coach that I'm talking about the 76ers are going to get. You understand what I'm saying? We're not going to get the Doc Rivers is out there to come to Philadelphia. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Well, you know what, Mike? We have your buddy on the line with us. Yes, we do. We do, and that's our good friend Sidekick. What's going on, Sidekick? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, man, how are you? Late to the party, but, you know, I got to, you know, train, train, train. Are you, yeah. are you calling in from the Octagon right now? <laughs> no, I just got out of the octagon. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we're going to switch formats here from basketball to NASCAR. And we're going to talk about somebody that Sidekick loves so much that he even has a doorpost over in his bedroom. <laughs> and that's Danica Patrick. Oh, and... joy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, listen, let's say this. Kyle Petty made some remarks the other day about Danica Patrick, saying she's not a, re- a race car driver. She can go fast. But she can't race. I think she comes a long way, but she's still not a race car driver, and I don't think she's ever going to be a race car driver. She's just a marketing machine. Psychic, did you hear Danica's response tonight? No, I haven't. 
Oh, you're going to love this. You're going to love this, sidekick. Yeah, you know what? You're all going to love this. Here we go. You're going to love her comment when you hear this. This is straight up from Danica Patrick, and I quote, I just think that it's funny how he said that I can qualify, but I can't race, because those of you who actually watch what I do would know that I can't qualify for crap. (laughs) Killing him with comedy, sidekick. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) But see now, but here's the thing though, she's not, she's not 100 percent accurate though in that statement. Uh oh. Because she does qualify. Well, wait, hold on. She does qualify. She qualifies every week. She may qualify poorly. She qualifies. But once she gets on the track and it's race day, she hits the wall. Or she hits somebody else. It's not difficult to qualify 43 cars when there's a field of 45. Well, well right. listen, you know, when she qualifies, what places does she usually end up in? 23rd. Okay, so 23rd out of 45 cars, right? Yeah, yeah. in the 20s, yeah, which is, you know, and she finishes about in the 20s. Mid-pack. You know. Okay, now, in an actual race that counts, what, what was her highest finish? Oh, just the other um, week. Just the other week, sidekick. She had a top 10. Yeah, she was like ninth, I think. Yeah, she had a top 10, I think, about three weeks ago. Okay, so she's not awful. But that was once, all season long. Yeah. Yeah, and and if you remember, the Daytona 500, she qualified on the pole. Yeah. Right, exactly. And then what? At the Daytona? Yeah, she's squat the squat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, here, here's my thing. You know, I, I'm in, you know, I posted a couple comments about this today. I am in complete agreement with Kyle Petty's assessment of Danica. Okay. Now, from a from a from a PR perspective or being PC, I think I would have added an adjective to his comment about a race not being a race car driver and said that she's not going to be a top tier or an elite race car driver. Yeah. I think that she's going to like like Kyle Petty, she's going to be one of those people that's middle of the road, you know, journey you know journey woman in her case type of drivers she'll have a career as a racer she'll qualify she'll she'll you know she's got right name recognition she'll always be on a team she's mm-hmm. got to make money okay yeah. she is a marketing machine but you're not going to see her winning championships and stuff like that will she get some wins sure she you know she might be like her in truex you know truex got you know we were just talking about this on the show this week. You know, his first win was back in 2007. Yeah. His second win was last week at Sonoma. Was last week, correct. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, that's what I see from her career. He sticks it out in NASCAR. She well, may, you know, she may find something else and say, hey, you know what, I'm going to go over here and try this now and make a buttload of money. Yeah, like a GoDaddy spokeswoman. Yeah, you know, like, you know she did for you know she did she did indie for a while, and then you know she got tired of indie and she moved. You know, she said, "Okay, I'm going to go to NASCAR." Mm-hmm. You know, so in a couple of years she may find something else. You know, some new extreme racing or something. You know, and she'll leave NASCAR and go there and make money. Yeah, I heard go karts uh, need uh, to be promoted. Let me ask you a quick question, Psychic. Does Kyle Petty find himself in trouble with this comment? 
I think some some people are going to be mad at him for it, but if he gets in any kind of trouble for it, I would be I would be pissed off because I don't think that you know he wasn't saying you know if he had said hey there's no room like like Daryl Walter came out and said there's no room for there's no room in NASCAR for women, mm-hmm. right? You know when she was first talking about coming into NASCAR, you know he made that comment. He got all sorts of flack for that. Right. Mm-hmm. Kyle Petty did not specifically call out women. He called out Danica. Yeah. So I don't think there should be any repercussions or anything like that for Kyle Petty. I mean, From yeah, for sure. Sure, women or, you know, people can get upset with him for his comments, but I don't think there should be any kind of repercussions for it. I don't think he was okay. out of line. Well, now, you know what, let me ask you this. Why did Kyle Petty, number one, make these remarks? Because it seems he has a problem with a female version of him. And then two. Well, no, she's not. Well, she's not a female version of him. Oh boy. She's a female version of Earnhardt Jr. Yeah. You but know, then again, Kyle Petty's got name recognition. Yeah. But, you know. Well, he's blessed if he was ever that great of a racer. Yeah. Well, he's basically you know bashing her for being a marketing machine. There's a ton of NASCAR racers. Who are marketing machines? Dale, you know, yeah, Earnhardt Jr. Well, Earnhardt is the only one I can think of. Obviously, Kyle's there because of Daddy's last name. Well, exactly. That's where I was going to go. So oh, now, yeah, what? Sure. Yeah. So now, why is he making these comments when Kyle Petty? He's never really won anything, right? Because Kyle, look, let, let's. All right, wait, wait, hold on. And that, see, that's where I was going to go with the the, the, the next question I was going to throw to uh, to, to sidekick. But I'll, I I can address some of that. I mean. The reason that Kyle might not get in trouble for this comment is because, let's get it straight, TNT hires him to be a quote-unquote color analyst. And as Sidekick just pointed out, he wasn't nailing women, pardon that phraseology, he wasn't attacking women being in auto racing. He was attacking one particular driver who he is giving his color analysis about. And, uh, that was very sexist, by the way, Mike. I, I know. I'm sorry. Did I, did oh, I, no! Did I do so? Yeah, all right. Now I'm going to get in trouble. All right. <laughs> Nailing women, are you, Mike? <laughs> oh, boy. So, oh, listen, boy. in this week in sports, we have Aaron Hernandez, Paul Dean, and now Mike McShane. Oh, yeah. That, that's a lot. Yeah, look at the group you just threw me into. Well, you got to love Friday nights right here on Fan uh, Junkies Radio, folks. I don't love it. Oh. Oh. Mark the tape. <laughs> it's going to go down as one yeah, of the great. Sure make sure you extract that clip and make that a sound bit. Well, listen, this is going on the demo reel. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Petty's nailing women. <laughs> oh, man. But, but no, I mean, would you agree with that, Psychic? I mean, I, I, he may not get in trouble because, in fact, really his job is that of a color analyst. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. You know, okay. I don't think there was anything. I mean, sure, are people going to get their underwear in a bunch? Sure. That's what people do, you know. But, I, you know, as far as somebody, you know, somebody from the network coming down on him, I think it's completely out of line if they did. Would NASCAR you know, have he any, wasn't, would NASCAR have any nah. jurisdiction to penalize him? No, no. I don't think no. so. No. They shouldn't. You know what? They shouldn't. I mean, listen, it's not like he went out there and, you know, and said, you know, derogatory things about her. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not like it's Tony Stewart running, you know, oh, or know. you know, some of these other guys running but off the mouth. But that's the thing. At the end of the week, is there going to be some 
you know, pro-women's group that is going to take these comments the wrong way and, you know, create a big initiative and go after NASCAR. Uh, well, you know, hold on. I mean, Kyle made a comment about yeah. the NASCAR product. Yes. And one of the things NASCAR is very, very sensitive to is do not come down on our product. Mm-hmm. God forbid a driver come out and say anything against the new Gen 6 models. Oh, my goodness. You're going to get sanctioned. You might even get suspended for a race or two. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just wondering. I mean, in essence, in some right. respect, Kyle's comments are against the product. Because the product includes Danica. Yeah. But Kyle's not an active driver. Right. Now, why did Teddy make these remarks? Well, from what I from what I read, he was interviewed on some like serious serious XM NASCAR show, and somebody asked him about Danica. Uh huh. You know, which is you know that you know okay. Come on now, let's be honest. That's you know that's media people knowing what triggers are. Oh, you mean the decline you know? of Western civilization? Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's like you know asking about you know. So what do you about what do you think about Tim Tebow going to the Patriots? You know, yeah. you know you're going to get all sorts of comments. You know what I mean? He was hanging out with his butt out, hanging out with girls. Come on. So you know that, that you know you you know everybody's got some sort of stance about Danica being in NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Everybody does. You know, yeah. either you like it, you don't like it, you know. So it, it's an easy target question, you know, to be talking, you know, to ask people. Yeah. Right. So. No. So wait, so nothing's going to come from this, you you think, right? It's, it's done. I don't think anything should. I mean, yeah. like Mike was pointing out, I'm sure there's probably some women's group that because he said Danica, you know, there's going to be people that are like, he's against women in NASCAR. No, he's not. You know, he didn't. You know, he's talking strictly about Danica. He, mm-hmm. You know, in his comments, he didn't. You know, he didn't say women. He didn't say. You know, he's strictly talking about Danica. And you can't. You know, just because he says Danica, you can't automatically assume that he means all women. Yeah. But there's going yeah. to be people out there that are going to make that. That connection, right? Yeah, because eventually there's going to be more females in NASCAR, so it's not like you know Danica's going to be the only one. I I want to see more. I want to see a woman come in and knock Danica off. Well, you know what? Because we, you know what? Me and Mike see a lot of uh, girls coming up now. Mike, what about Warren Bush? Oh, absolutely. You know, and then we see all those girls in the uh, NASCAR uh, trucking series and everything. Come on, you know, there's a heck of a lot in the the lower leagues. You know, one of these girls are going to come into NASCAR one day and they're going to win. They're going to win it all. Yeah. No, I, I I totally think, I mean, it may not be, you know, it may not be five years Yeah. down the road. You know, it may be ten years. It may be, you know, but I think you're going to see more women in NASCAR. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, you know, you know and you're going to start seeing some women win Yeah. and stuff. You know what I mean? Um, which is good. You know, I'd like to see that, yeah. you know. Um, I just don't. I'm I'm against the whole marketing machine thing. I mean, right. yeah, we've talked right. about it on the show a number of times about you know I I don't have any respect for Earnhardt Jr. I think yeah. his dad was great, but I don't you know I'm not a Junior fan. I think Junior is relying on his name too much, and he's making money. He's not that good of a driver. He's not his you like, dad. You mean like Kyle Petty? Yeah, Kyle Petty. You know, Kyle Petty's got a name, but I you know. I don't ever, 
I don't think Kyle Petty was necessarily. In, I think he loved racing. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, you know, he, yeah. His dad was famous. He got into racing because of his dad. But I think he liked racing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not saying that Junior doesn't like racing. Now, you but know, I think well, I, Jun- I I don't have the numbers up in front of me directly. I mean, I you know, I could quick pull them up, I suppose. But just to clarify, uh, one of our other NASCAR uh, fans, uh, Brandon, is in the chat room and has indicated, you know, Kyle Petty had a bunch of wins and uh, did contend for championships in the early '90s. So let's not be let's not be dissing Kyle Petty too badly. Hmm. Well, I'm not. No, I mean. Yeah, I'm not trying to say he's not a good driver, you know, but, you know. Yeah, but there's been a lot of drivers in NASCAR that are not good, you know. That you know, mean, when, when you talk so. about, like, Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon, some of these drivers that were so dominant in the recent era, you yeah. know what I mean? And that, and, you know, Kyle Petty was, you know, that was when I was, you know, I was like Mike in NASCAR at that point. You know, I, I was a young whippersnapper. Just getting you into know, it, right? I didn't know exactly what was all was going on. So, so Mike, when you first got into NASCAR, what did the cars look like? <laughs> Wait, you want me to tell you the were models? They were Gen Sixes. What are you? Are you kidding me? No, they were. Yeah, I, you they want were, me to no. tell you they were model model Ts, right? Was yeah. it done by Fred Flintstone foot power? Oh, uh, there you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but see, you gotta remember though, Mike, Mike's relatively new to the NASCAR crowd. Oh yeah. I yeah. Mean, he he's only been, I think, what three years. Three, four, four years, maybe. I, I, you know, I've been following NASCAR. Yeah, I've only, I've always been an ancillary. I've always been an ancillary, uh, uh, you know, motorsports fan. You know, I kind of, I kind of paid attention to it a little bit. I'd see the clips and whatever. But following religiously for about four years now. See, and I can't get into it no matter how much I watch. I just, I, I know, I understand. I just can't, you know. And I always give it a try, you know. And I follow it. I, you know, I want to see who wins the races, but I just can't watch it. You know, just and can't see, do. I, 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 we, we sit here, Dave and I, and 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 you know others around us. We actually sit. We sit on Sundays and Saturday nights, and we watch the entire race. You know, I guess if you're with a bunch of guys, you're drinking, you're joking around, you know, watching it. I, I, I guess it's a different thing. But I guess sitting here watching it by myself. Well, for me, yeah. One of the things that yeah. drew me to it was, you know, I'm a I'm a huge Tony Stewart fan. Yeah. Um, I like you know I liked seeing Tony getting in fights in the pit. You know, down on the pits. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm always looking for the big wrecks yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. Well, you know, that's, what I mean? I look that's why I sit there and watch the whole race. It's not like yeah. I sit there and you know, you know, I'm analyzing every draft and you know, like like you would like a football game. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. what didn't you see that guy open? You know, I I don't watch NASCAR like that. I'm always on the edge of my seat looking for the you know for a wreck. You know, something <laughs> exciting. You know. Listen, when uh, Clint Boyer ran after Jeff Gordon, and then they put it to the Ultimate Warrior theme song, I thought <laughs> oh, that, that was the greatest awesome. thing that came out of NASCAR uh, since Dale Earnhardt. So. Yeah. Well, I will say, uh, the one thing I will say with regards to NASCAR, Jonathan, though, uh, and sometimes i got to be honest, it does actually kind of get on my nerves. Yeah. There is more off-track soap opera drama, probably in NASCAR, than any other sport Than professional wrestling. Uh, there is more. Yeah, no, I think there's more than wrestling. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, absolutely. If it weren't for the off-track nonsense that goes on, I, I don't know if NASCAR would survive. I think that's what actually keeps it going. Well, is that why they keep somebody like yeah. that at the around, too? No, I think there is something to that. I think you might actually be onto something. Yeah, no, I think that's it's right. going to come out and say comments like Kyle Petty did. and I mean, Exactly. It's all... <laughs> it's it's, new, it's, so... This all feeds into...
into the whole co- kind of soap operatic uh, atmosphere of it all. Well, I, I mean, I have frequently said that it, it, it kind of actually gets on my nerves a little bit. Now, what, now, you know what? Now, let me ask you this. If Danica Patrick wasn't in NASCAR right now, what would be in the news tonight from NASCAR? Possibly nothing, mm. right? I, I was I was looking for the crickets uh, sound effect on our soundboard, and I didn't like it. So, nothing. So, see, I, I mean, unfortunately, every sport has to have their Danica Patrick, and in NASCAR, it's Danica Patrick. Yeah, you got it. It is what it is. Yeah, you know, Danica is Danica is the NASCAR like Tebow is the NFL. Yeah, good point. You know what I mean? It, it's that that you know that hot item. You know, everybody wants to talk about it. You know, everybody yeah. will say, "Oh, I'm sick of hearing about it," but everybody will talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brandon said Jr. on the pole at Kentucky. Uh, that's D- Dale. Is that? Is uh, that, Earnhardt, Dale, that, Dale Jr. got the poll, yeah. Dale, that news? Is, that, is that big, big news, though? It is, because uh, Jr. doesn't get the poll very often. He doesn't He doesn't usually qualify that high. Well, let me ask you, is that big news that's going to get out there and catch people's eye? Uh, for, for, for well, Nation. I mean, Junior Nation, Nation it yeah. will. Yeah, absolutely. But that's what I'm saying. You, you, uh, unfortunately, you need crap like Kyle Petty and Danica going at it to bring, you know, bring some eyeballs in. Uh, I don't know. Uh, real quick, I, I, and I don't want to hang too much on NASCAR uh, talk all night long because I don't, want, I don't want people thinking that this is a NASCAR show. But, uh, sidekick, I would venture a bet that uh, D- D- Nate, uh, Junior Nation is far bigger a following than Danica. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think Junior Nation is the biggest following in NASCAR. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, 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 Jonathan, you've got to be Trackside, trackside. I, Dave and I were there uh, at, at Pocono last year when Junior was actually leading the race for a period of time. And every time he came around the lap and was leading, the entire grandstand stood. Yep. I don't believe it. It's the most. It's the most insane thing. Probably about three running. quarters. Yeah, probably about three quarters. Right. Well, and listen, every time I, listen. He comes through and, and crosses the line, at the entire grandstand stood. I'll I'll eventually get down there in uh, one way or another, and I'm still waiting for my VIP passes from John Capps. So. Well, that's that's over in English Channel. I'm talking about Pocono. I want it from next year, man. I'll, I'll get down to something. Well, that's NHRA. That's that's drag racing. I I don't care, man. Racing's racing, man. I want to get down no, to no, something. No, no, no. There's different types of racing, my friend. <laughs> I don't want to get a guy. I don't want to get a in the head, man. That's. Oh man. That's oh. All right, sidekick, man. Thanks for calling in, man. All right. Have a good one, guys. All right, thanks, thanks. Well, uh, hopefully uh, we had a, a guest lined up for tonight, and I don't think uh, we're going to be able to have him on uh, having a couple of technical difficulties. So we'll try to get uh, former NHL defenseman Jason Strudwick with us on a – Oh, what a wild show, though. What a wild and crazy program. This yeah, been it's, uh, it's, it's been pretty insane. Uh, oh, man, alive. It's been pretty insane. But, you know, before we go, Mike, we do got to talk NHL uh, – excuse me, NF, uh, NBA draft. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We have to. We got uh, a little extra time here. Yet. We really, really, really. We got do. a little extra time. We, I mean, if anybody still wants to call in, we got some time. So yeah. First, I mean, we got to say number one pick, Cleveland Cavaliers, Anthony Bennett. What a shock! Uh, everybody in the world was blown away. I dropped. I was like, huh? What? You know, it is. You know, there's very few names in this year's NBA draft that I do know, and uh, you know, the you know the names that were supposed to go one through five, I knew. I've seen play. I didn't see much of Anthony Bennett. I was I was very shocked he went number one, Mike. Right, right. 
Now, is that the general consensus going around? Oh, uh, absolutely, it is. Nobody, nobody expected that to 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 occur. Yeah. Um, uh, where were we going in in the uh, mock dress? I'm trying to remember who was what was the talk with regard to number one. It was well. Yeah. First it was. Uh, was it Porter? No, nah, it wasn't Porter. It was I'm trying to bring it up right now. Nerlens Noel. no who the uh, Sixers. Well, he was supposed to go number one until the knee injury. Well, yeah, and he, I I had seen some mock drafts that shown him at number two. So he's going to go number one, number two, number three, somewhere in that area. He ended up dropping down to number six and then got traded to Philadelphia. Yeah. All right, which, you know, we can we can talk about either tonight or we can go and, and hold that till Monday. It's, it's, you know, depending on time here. Oh, we're but about tonight. who was ultimately the number – who was number one in the, in the uh, draft? I, I've seen stuff from USA Today that had Eric's Len, uh, Alex Lynn from Maryland going. Right, yeah. Uh, a lot of them had New Orleans Noel going. Draft Express had them going. Right. Uh, NBA Draft, uh, they had Alex Len as well. So Alex Len seemed to be the consensus to go number one to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Most mock judges seen had Anthony Bennett going anywhere from 8 to 12. Mm-hmm. So they took – I mean, they really just screwed with everybody's minds, Mike. Well, I'm going to tell you, if um... – and, and you know, uh, again, uh, did you watch the draft live? I didn't actually watch it. I mean, I, I had it on. I didn't have the volume. Um, uh, picks one through seven, and then I didn't get back into watching it until around pick eighteen, nineteen, because I was uh, coming home. So okay. Now, uh, was there a guest that came up over the crowd when Bennett's name was announced? Oh, absolutely. I think there was because I think I've seen a clip himself. Hey, looked looked at everybody like, what the hell is this? Exactly. Yeah. There was actually this, oh, I mean, you could hear, the, uh, not a groan, but, uh, 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 you know, this, this sound of shock and surprise that came up from the audience that was assembled there. Yeah. So, no, nobody saw this one coming. No. Uh, I think in many respects, it kind of set it up for what the Sixers did then later on. Yeah. Because you can't, the, the Sixers, I'm sure, were even anticipating that Cleveland might have gone uh, Nerland's own. So, well, I was shocked. Let me tell you. Um, you know, you know, going down it. Of course, we had. Um, where is it? Let me grab it up here. I real, got it. Yep. Uh, you know, Magic got uh, Victor Oladipo. Right. Wizards got Otto Porter. I thought that was a very, very good pick for uh, for uh, the Washington Wizards. Otto Porter out of Georgetown. One pick that I hear a lot of people blasting, Mike. And I actually like this pick for Charlotte Bobcats, who are going to be the Charlotte Hornets again, with center Cody Zeller out of Indiana. And I don't understand why so many people are down on this one. Uh, I do not know why uh, they're so out. on Charlotte, who ne- desperately needs a center, going after a good center. Well, and and, and look, let's let's uh, let's take a look at this for a moment. Um, a lot of the mock drafts that I had looked at uh, leading up into this week. So for the past week, I've been looking at a couple of mock drafts. Cody Zeller was going four or five. Yeah. Well. I think in basketball, probably more than any other sport, you go with the best player on the board. Yeah. You know, we talked about this during the NFL draft. Uh, During the NFL draft, you frequently have to take a look at what are your needs as a team and what's the best player on the board. So you weigh it against the two different options. But in basketball, where you are fielding a team of how many? Ten? Yes. Going with a roster of ten? You don't go with need. You go with the best player on the board. Yeah. There's only 60 picks, right? Yeah, 60 picks. There's only 60 picks. 
in the entire NBA draft. So you're going with the best player on the board. I think Charlotte took the best player on the board at that particular moment. I totally agree with you on that, and uh, we don't agree often, so I loved it. Uh, Alex Flynn, who was supposed to be number one in most mock in, in most mock drafts, he was going number one. He drops to number five to Phoenix. Really good pickup for Phoenix. Now six, the Pelicans. They take Nerlens Noel, who was a projected first rounder, but unfortunately his knee has a lot of question marks, Mike. So he dropped a little bit there. Mm-hmm. But they turned around and traded him to your Philadelphia 76ers for All Star point guard Drew Holiday. Right. How do you feel about that deal? I was all for it and was absolutely jumping up and down when it occurred last night. Mm-hmm. I was actually getting nailed by a lot of my friends and analysts over on Facebook uh, who, who were discounting me and saying, you know, are you out of your freaking mind? Uh, I think this is an excellent, excellent move. With all due respect, I frankly, and I have stated from the very beginning, I think that Holiday is overrated. Now, uh, and we've said that many times on Fan Junkies Radio. Okay, and I'm, and I'm not. I'm, I want this clearly understood. I am not taking anything away from Drew Holiday. I think Drew Holiday is going to be a fantastic player on another on another team. This Sixers team was not built for him. Yeah. All right. And this Sixers team this year in particular, Sam Hankey coming in. We're making changes. Obviously, we still don't have a coach. It's obvious that what the Sixers did was they sent a message last night, and the message was reset this team. Bam, we're resetting it. Yeah. This Which sent a message. Said it had to be done. This sent a message to me immediately. As soon as they were able to pull this one off, this sent a message to me. They're Forget all the Andrew Bynum talk in Philadelphia. He is gone. Let him walk, and that's exactly what they're going to let him do. Yeah. Your uh, Philadelphia 76ers, uh, their average draft grade is a B-plus, Mike. Uh, I'm going to tell you, we did very, very well at 11 as well. You did. I I, I love that Michael Carter, you know, Carter Williams. Absolutely. We'll get to him. Um, I did speak to a uh, known blogger that uh, blogs about Kentucky sports. Uh, says he, uh, you know, Nerlens Noel's knees in pretty bad shape still. He's 19. Uh, He's yeah. 19. Yeah, looking at a uh, late November to early December debut if his knee keeps progressing. Correct. We, so if it doesn't and you got yourself a younger Andrew Bynum, now, uh, look, look. it's, it's going to sway some opinions. This kid, this kid is 19 years old. Philadelphia fans, relax. This is not Andrew Bynum. No. This kid has a lot to prove, and he's going to come out, and he's going to prove it. And as long as his knee is healthy. On a bum knee, he ain't proving nothing, Mike. Listen, you know as well as I do that the surgery today in the ACL issue is is a lot more sophisticated and a lot more successful, particularly with young needs, than it was, uh, you know, 10, 15 oh, years absolutely. ago. absolutely, but it's also a case-to-case thing still as, as well, so. We're going to be fine. This is a good move. This is a progressive move. At the moment, I had I'll said, take the move. I like the move. And the reason why I like the move so much, Mike, was because of your number 11 pick. Because that's your new point guard. Correct. And I like the kid. So let's go to that. Trey Burke goes number nine to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Very good player. At number 11, Trey Burke Michael Carter-Williams. Mike, who is the complete opposite of Drew Holiday? Yep. A pass-first, shoot-later point guard, which is what you need. Okay. With, Drew, with, 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 with due respect to Drew Holiday, however, you're making a characterization about him. I feel that Drew was forced to have to make the kinds of characterization plays that you're talking about because of the kind of team that he was on. Yeah. I think that on a different type of a team, he will not be doing what you're talking about. 
That's why I'm saying I think Holiday is a very good player. I think he'll be a much better player on a different team. Well, he ain't going to do it on the Pelicans, that's for sure. Because they ain't got nobody. Well. But now here's the thing. Now, what do they do with Vasquez, the Pelicans, their point guard? That's what I like to know. Well, he, he's either riding the bench or he's moving on out. Oh, he's got he's going to go on out. He's going to go on out. He has to. No, no doubt about it. Um, but I can't. I, I just real quick. I can't speak highly. Minnesota, I think, did really, really well with Trey Burke. Yeah. Fabulous, uh, fabulous player right there. And he he fell to them. So that you know that you know that was good. They got very, very lucky. Uh, you know, there was a lot of talk yesterday uh, afternoon. Trey Burke was going to go in the top five. Yep. Absolutely, and that was another guy, you know another player that was going to go uh, up there too was um, uh, I can't remember uh, Cody Zeller. Oh, Nick. Cody Zeller was the top three pick last year. Yeah. If yeah. he if he came out, yeah. so he dropped to uh, number four to the Bobcats. So I I still think that's a, a really really big pick for well, them. That's about where all of the uh, mock drafts had Zeller going that I looked at. Yeah. Zeller was going in around four or five. Yeah. Um. Trey Burke was actually supposed to go within the top five. Burke actually dropped down to nine. Minnesota, do not be concerned. Oh, well, Minnesota didn't get him, actually. I'm looking at this. They actually traded uh, Trey Burke off to Utah. Yes, they did. Oh, my God. For uh, for, um, Shabazz Muhammad, right? Utah did very, very well there. All right, all right. Forget my comments about the Timberwolves. Exactly, Uh, because it's still Minnesota, no matter what you think. Utah, you... Minnesota, you're you're dumbasses. You should have just kept them. Seriously. Yeah. Let's look at a couple other picks here, real quick. Uh, number thirteen pick, Mavericks. Uh, Kelly Olynyk, power forward. And then we also got number eighteen, Mike Atlanta Hawks, taking Shane Larkin. I like that pick for the Atlanta Hawks. Yep. I like that a lot. Before that, Dennis Schroeder. So they took two point guards back to back, Mike. Hmm. That I don't understand. But we'll see why. Um, Nets getting Mason Plumlee, Mike. We spoke about this last night. The Nets now have three to four centers. And they're trying to make another headline by bringing in Jason Collins again. Uh, yeah, well, that, you know, listen. <laughs> uh, you know, being a college basketball guy and following college basketball the way that I do, I'm going to tell you something. Please, please, please give Mason Plumley an opportunity to play because this guy and this kid is just great. All right? What an acquisition for Brooklyn in that department. And if they don't use him... In that lineup, then they're just dumbasses. Well, listen, if the Nets uh, want some headlines, we'll give them Steve Novak, man, for Plumlee. I'll take it. You know, please, you know, Mason Plumlee should be starting some year, somewhere next year for on, on some team. Hey, you never know, man. Um, Tony Four, Mike, my Knicks, this is the pick I wanted, and I am so, so, so ecstatic that uh-huh. it came through, and Timmy Hardaway Jr. fell into their laps. Timmy Hardaway Jr. is a fabulous player. Trust me, I watched a lot of Michigan this past um, season and the season before. I've been watching Hardaway Jr. now for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, very, very good acquisition for you guys. You uh, know what I like about it? There's two things I like about it. Number one, we got Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, Number two, <laughs> see you later, J.R. Smith, man. We're saving money. Yeah. I love- no, uh, uh, no, you're, you're absolutely right. From that, pers- from that standpoint, you did a fabulous job. You know uh, what? I will say this about Hardaway. Hardaway was picked exactly where he should have been, and that's about 24th. Yeah. I saw a couple of mocks that had him go to number 20 uh, to the Bulls and number 21 to the Jazz, so I love it that he fell down there because, you know, there were a couple of the guards, you know, could have got Reggie Bullock, could have got Archie Goodman, could have got Nemanja uh, Nedovic from Serbia. Right. I wanted Timmy H. Right. 
Well, that's I, what I wanted. I lo- I mean, he's not a good defender, Mike. Right. But damn, can he create his own shot? Exactly. I'm gonna and, and that uh, boy, he he's got a nice he's got a nice three point shot too. I will oh, say he that. Does, man, I love it, man. Okay. Uh, Hardaway Hardaway went exactly where he should have. If anybody had tried to pull this guy up above twenty, they're out of their mind. Yeah. All right. I had said he's a he's a top. You know, he he's. He's 20, 25, anywhere between 20 and 30. That's where Hardaway goes. Mm-hmm. I, I find it interesting. The guys that I know the most about, Duke and Michigan, of course. <laughs> They're yeah. my two teams I follow the most. <laughs> Great stuff. Uh, you know, a couple other picks. Like I said, Reggie Bullock uh, went right after that to the Clippers. Rudy Gobert to the uh, to the Nuggets. Archie Goodwin to the Thunder. And Nevin Yonedovich to the Suns. But, Mike, let me throw this out here real quick. As right. soon as Timmy H goes to the Knicks. Yeah. Knicks fans complaining. Why? Oh, oh my God, now we're going to get Timmy Hardaway Jr. and his father hated the Knicks. Let me talk. Screw it. Timmy Hardaway Sr., you can hate a team as a player. You can have that fire. But let me tell you, it's different in your retirement. He was holding up that Knicks jersey with his son today with the biggest smile on his face. Why? Because he's a Of course he was. He's going to be rooting for the Knicks left and right now, man. Let me tell you. Uh, Yeah, you know. Come on, man. You know, oh, he hates the Knicks, man. Come on. He does. It, ah, oh man, life. What? What? Ah. <laughs> I'm speechless. What is with fan bases, for God's sake? I I just don't understand it, Mike. Yeah. Um. You know, I I don't. I don't. I really, really don't. Let me ask you a question. Uh, let me ask you because I, it's obvious that I feel that the Sixers did very, very well in this draft. They, and in fact, they did. In fact, let's get it straight. I think they overcompensated, okay? They did better than everybody thought they were going to do. Let me take it down to your New York Knicks. Do you believe that your New York Knicks got the best player on the board? Who, the Knicks? Yeah. Absolutely. Because that's the kind of player. There is no one after Hardaway that you would have said, the Knicks should have actually gone after that guy. Well, not in the first round, no. Okay. Um, if they had a second-round pick, I think that would have been really big for them. Um, there was a couple of guys in the second that I would have loved to have seen them go after, like uh, Marco Todorovic from Spain, the center. Okay. Big. Um you know, it's you know there were a few names. Uh, you know what? Even a Glenn Rice Jr. Mike. You know what? You need you you need bench players. So there were a few players. Isaiah Cannon from Murray State, another right. I thought would have been a good pick uh, in a second round. But unfortunately, they didn't have a second pick. I was going to say you're not even in the second round. No, they didn't have a second pick. So it is what it is. They got the best player on the board. I give the Knicks draft a B plus. Why? Because they got the player that they needed. But I'm only giving a B plus because they didn't have a second round pick, and they should have figured out a way to get a second round pick. But that's me. Okay. Uh, I got a little update on um, the Bill Simmons Doc Rivers feud, Mike. It's getting nasty. Are you serious? This is going he, on. Doc on W E E I today uh, on Bill Simmons. He did everything he could to get me fired. He wrote letters, wanted to sit wait, down. Wait, 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 wait. Back this up. Do it Doc again. Doc Rivers says, and I quote. He did everything, meaning Bill Simmons, to get me fired. What? He wrote letters and even wanted to sit down with the owners to talk about it. Came out from uh, Ben Rohrbach at WEEI. Um, at least I believe Ben Rohrbach's from there. 
because uh, that's who sent out the tweet. Bill Simmons uh, wrote back saying, the quote I just retweeted is an outright 100% lie. I'd be, caref- I'd be careful, Glenn, because Doc Rivers' real name is Glenn. Seriously, stop talking. You are making SH up. So, yeah, it's 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 getting nasty, Mike. Whoa. It's getting yeah, yeah, gentlemen, can we leave it alone now? All right, it's done, it's over, it was last night, and let's leave this go. Oh, it's going to keep going, I think, this Mike. This is stupid, all right? Now, this is just dumb. It's going to keep going. So, Ben Rohrbach is the uh, Celtics uh, blogger at weei.com, Mike. Um, yeah, check it out. It's uh, You can go anywhere right now to find it. Oh. That's pretty insane. That's that's. I think it's going to get a little uh, heated. That is insane. Right now, it's even worse, man. That is insane. I agree. Absolutely. Um, well, that's it for tonight's show, Mike. I, I'm real, you know what? We're real sorry to our listeners. We had some technical difficulties, and our guest, Jason Shorterwick, can join us. We do hope to get him back sometime in the near future so we can talk um, NHL with him. I'm sorry we didn't get a chance to touch on the NHL draft, but we will talk about the NHL draft on Monday. And I believe it's this Sunday, right, Mike? It is Sunday, correct. So when we talk about it on Monday, we'll have uh, the picks for you. And uh, hopefully your pick makes some good Good decisions. Well, I listen. I, I, I. You, we can only hope that, although it never seems to kind of uh, compare, uh, it, it, the NBA. It's not gonna. It's not gonna live up to the NBA draft that we just got done going through yesterday, because the NHL draft never seems to do so. But uh, that, that NBA draft yesterday was rather exciting, surprisingly. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, got a new announcement, Mike, for a right. new show. Uh, our good friend Tanya Mercado from CityFieldOfDreams.com. She's going to be joined by you and I mm-hmm. for In the Dirt on Spreecast. Yes, it's going to be a video baseball show on Spreecast where you, the fan of your favorite baseball teams, can log on to Spreecast, jump in with your webcam, and you can interact with both Mike McShane and myself along with Tanya Mercado of CityFieldOfDreams.com. And it's going to start the week after the MLB All-Star Game. Tuesday nights at 8 p.m., Mike. Right. And I heard that the first episode of this, there's a home run derby between you and I. Yes. Right. And that's going to be on... And we're going to broadcast that live. That's right. I heard we were broadcasting that live via webcams. We should do that, man. We really should. (laughs) really should do that. I would have a blast doing that. Right here in the backyard of the frat house. That's what I heard. Man, no, man. You know what, man? We're going to Citizens Bank. We're doing oh, oh, well, then you'll kick my ass. We're, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> my right arm never healed from my broken elbow, man. I can barely bend it, man. There's no way I'm swinging a bat hard. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be on Tuesdays, 8 p.m. It's called In the Dirt with Tanya Mercado, Mike McShane, and myself. Really, really looking forward to that, Mike. And if, you know what? Most people have voices for radio. In my case, that isn't true, but Mike, it is. So you, you, you'll get to see Mike on webcam on Spreecast. There you go. There you go. And I'll just be spitting some game, I'll tell you. Spitting <laughs> some, spitting some MLB game at you. Are you going to freestyle some MLBs for us, man? You got it, man. Oh, that's great, man. I'm looking forward to that. Tomorrow, 1 p.m. Yeah, I'm Eastern. Hip. I'm hip. I'm hip, you know. We got to do it, man. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Tomorrow, Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern time, Frat House Saturday right here on Fan Junkies Radio with our very own Mike McShane. That's a different experience. That's a very different experience. For for folks that have not listened to it, it's a very different show from what I do here with Jonathan. 
It's a little more subdued, but I can get cranked up. Trust me. You? No way. All by myself. Well, that didn't sound right, did it? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, no, it's the truth. It's a little bit different. I can really get going, but... Uh, yeah. right, listen, man, if you can really get going by yourself... Listen, these are listen, man. It, it's Friday, man. Listen, after this show, go get a drink or two, man. Oh, man, alive! That was that that that, that was a little bit of a. Between football. your Kyle Petty, Danica Patrick stuff before, man. I'm telling. <laughs> oh God. Let me ask you something, Mike, real quick before we get off the air. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if I can talk. Go ahead. Did you cook your dinner tonight in the Polardine pot? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, man. All right, well, listen. That was awesome. That was awesome. You know, uh, you've got a number of sound drops from this one tonight. Oh, it was great. We love it. All right, well, once again, we want to apologize to our listeners that our guest Jason Shoyo couldn't join us, but he will be back with us in the near future. Some technical (laughs) difficulties arose tonight, and, uh, you know, it sucks, but it happens. Um, Yeah, we'll get get him on with us. I'm looking forward to that, Mike. (laughs) I was looking forward to it tonight, but unfortunately it couldn't happen, so... Remember, tomorrow night, uh, excuse me, tomorrow afternoon, 1 p.m., five minutes at the Frat House right here on Fan Junkies Radio Network. Check that out. And uh, give Mike a call 347-237-5373 tomorrow. Absolutely. Check it out after that promo I just did. Yes, and if you're a pro women's group, uh, remember, I had nothing to do with this tonight. It was all my. Oh, God almighty. All right, well, that's it for tonight's show. We want to thank our listeners for tuning in. We want to thank Richard out in L.A., Scott Blooney out in Boston, and Sidekick from Inside the Octagon for calling in tonight on Fan Junkies Radio. So for Mike McShane, I'm Jonathan Raggis. Have a great night and enjoy your weekend. I'll catch you tomorrow.